Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome to another episode of the Heal Everything podcast. Again, you are listening to Tema Aziz Serwa. We are in season eight where we're talking about how easy love is. And it's an incredible, incredible conversation if you didn't miss If you missed the first episode, it was about how we cannot template love, how you can't just regulate it to five different love languages. And so now I have another powerful, amazing brother coming into the conversation. And tonight we're going to talk about how to receive divine masculine energy, especially if you are a woman who has trauma around your interactions with men. How do you know when you are in front of a man that you can trust, that is safe, that would be medicine for your spirit? And so let me dive right into introducing my guest, Abraham Forte was born and raised in Washington, D.C. during the early 80s. He grew up in the nation's capital and was actively involved in his family's church. He played sports in the D.C. school system. And despite her efforts to guide Abraham, his mother noticed that he was starting to associate himself with the wrong crowd. It was during this time that she decided to allow him to move to North Carolina to live with his father. While living in North Carolina, Abraham became an active member of his father's ministry. He served in the sound, music, and youth ministry. Eventually, he found himself associating with the wrong crowd again and became involved in illegal activity, including drugs. This lifestyle led to him serving time in prison in 2006 He entered the North Carolina Department of Correction New Direction Dart Treatment Program. The program provides inmates with alcohol and drug problems an opportunity to engage in treatment and recovery. Through the program, Abraham was introduced to the treatment process. He learned how to own the problem, develop a recovery plan, self-evaluate, and he transitioned from treatment to recovery and relapse prevention. It was also during this time that he was introduced to life coaching. After completing his time in the program and completing his sentence, he founded LTO, Real Life Enhancement Consulting, in 2010. He also became a community activist and mentored children in his community on making the right life choices. In 2014, Abraham returned to his hometown of Washington, D.C., 
and began working for a nonprofit organization as a music coach. As a music coach, he taught the importance of the music experience for youth in low-income communities. After a year in this role, he gained recognition for his work and was promoted to program coordinator for the after-school program. As the program coordinator, he had a special gift of recognizing and providing care for children that needed additional emotional support. His gift gained the attention of the organization's leadership, which resulted in yet another promotion as the life coach instructor for its Youth Earn and Learn program. He worked with youth ages 16 to 24 years old to help them change the way they thought in order to change the way they lived. Abraham would later be promoted to Director of Requirement and Youth Programs. He currently works as a community support specialist as part of the DC government program developed to strengthen families, empower communities, and prevent crisis in low-income neighborhoods through early engagement. His current work in the government sector has not slowed down his momentum for LTO. Since its launch in 2010, LTO, LTO has grown into an organization developing the next generation of entrepreneurs with educational, mental, and spiritual guidance. The organization provides hands-on training, mentorship, and financial services, utilizing a network of partnerships with nonprofits, city, state, and federal agencies to support economic development and growth in low-income communities. The organization offers food safety training, podcast development and production training, life and business coaching, and meditation classes. Over the next year, the organization will be expanding its services by launching four new entities, 4AOK Media, LTO North LLC, My Trap Different Publishing, and Energy of Seven Online Retail. Incredible. The overall goal of the organization is to provide practical solutions to help individuals live an enhanced life, no longer live in poverty, and become business owners who want to create economic opportunities in the communities in which they live. Abraham excitingly shares his passion for people to be great on purpose. With multi-generational audiences up and down the East Coast, he can be found addressing both small and large audiences for companies, organizations, schools, and churches. He has a unique way of connecting expectations with real-life changing solutions that will assist his audience in reaching the true value of who they are. He believes the only true way to reach one's inner peace is to embrace what peace means. Proper education activates creative energy. Properly educating the community will activate their creative energy to succeed in life and live their purpose. The certified life purpose coach and father of three believes everyone is reachable, forgivable, lovable, and with a little real life enhancement, they can reach their greatness. 
You can follow LTO Real Life Enhancement Consulting on Facebook to learn more, and I will provide the link for that in our uh, private Facebook group, as well as in the description of this episode. Join me in celebrating this powerful, divine presence. You are a gift to the world, Abraham. I remember the I remember the very first time that I spoke with you. I hadn't even met you in person yet. And even just over the phone, your vibration was polarizing. I knew that you would be someone who would change my life. And you have, matter of fact, you were the one that pushed this podcast out of me. Like you literally was like, Tama. <laughs> I need you to podcast. And I was like, I got my little anchor account, but I don't feel like it. But one of the things that I appreciate about you is you have the audacity to show up over and over and over again. There were odds that were stacked against you and you redefined all of those odds and you're living this incredible, impactful life. Thank you for saying yes to being my guest on this episode. Appreciate it. No, there was no way I could say no. Peace, <laughs> love, and light, Queen. How are you doing this evening? I am blessed. I am excited. I have this like nervous excitement because I know you. So I already know that the listeners are going to have an incredible um, experience with our conversation. So. Let's start here. A lot of women, particularly women in the Black community, have a lot of trauma. And in my work, I find that most of their trauma is either from their daddy, uncle, some man, some Black man. And I remember um, on your page on Facebook, you had did this incredible video apologizing to Black women on behalf of Black men for what we have endured and the impact it has had on our ability to keep our families intact and be whole and all of that. And Abraham, when I shared that video with my community of women, they were in tears. And, and to me, that was a signal of how deep these wounds run and we we need to figure out as women how to recover and how to recognize the brothers like yourself who are offering some medicine so you know what is your perspective on that where do we start so what moved me to make that video was uh brianna teller so looking at the Brianna Teller situation and how we as a community was coming together behind her, I saw how the movement was being led by a lot of black women. And I was hearing their stories. And as I was hearing their stories, the reflection of the man they were telling in the stories, I could see a piece of them in me. Mm. So as you, as we all heal black man, black woman, we all go through reliving the trauma so the first step of healing and and what i do with my clients is the first step is accountability but self-accountability mm-hmm. not self-accountability of pointing out your wrongs your rights but self-accountability of finding out who are you 
Mm-hmm. You can't accept the right love until you know who you are as love. Who are you in self-love? So when I apologized to the black woman on behalf of the black man, I was saying something that I needed to say to every woman that I had encountered up to that point of me realizing the damage and trauma I had caused because I hadn't healed from my trauma. And my okay, trauma... Okay, so pause. Hold on, because you're saying some really good things. And I don't think that women always know the process that men go through to get to that point of recognition. So even just off of reading your bio, I mean, we can tell that you're a brother who has gone through a variety of experiences. How did you even recognize that you had trauma and what was your process of starting to heal it? So the first time, uh, as I re- first time I realized I I had something to deal with was when I first entered to, you had alluded to it in my bio, Dark Cherry, the rehab program. I entered Dark Cherry program because I had lied and used cocaine use as a reason why cocaine was in my system because I was selling cocaine and my parole officer wanted to know, have you been handling cocaine? So I said, all right, I'm using cocaine. He said, well, I'm going to put you in rehab for 120 days. Me not knowing how the ancestors line things up for you to be in the right place, the place where the where the rehab was at was in the midst of being right around the corner from where my hood was at. So each morning I get up and look and go out to the programs. I had to look out the window and I had to see my hood. I was this close to the hood, but I wasn't close to the hood. Mm. Why am I in this situation? Why I keep waking up in this situation where I'm dealing with the North Carolina Department of Correction? So during the visit, my kids came. It was my my son was a baby, so he wasn't there. It was my two girls, my oldest and my middle child. And my oldest said she was she had saw a CO that she remembered from another prison, and it, it hit me, and I was like, she's like, oh, I remember her from the last prison. So it hit me then like, oh, something needs to change. So that was the first time I wanted to know why I was in there. But in order for me to find out why I was in there, I had to find out why was I in so much pain that I felt like the streets and running to the streets was going to be the savior, but it wasn't the savior. It kept on sending me on those government sanctioned vacations, as I like to call them. I kept on getting in and out. And then by my oldest daughter, recognizing CEOs in prison, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out how would I change. And you go through the blaming stages. It was my parents because they got divorced. It was the environment I was in. It was the girl in the relationship. If she didn't need this, I wouldn't have been trapped. But when I really looked deep and down to it, I was hurting. I was hurting because I wanted things to be right and I had a hidden trauma that I had hidden so deep inside that I hadn't addressed. So I started piling things on top of mm. drugs, balance, fake love. So through all that trauma along the line, it was women I was breaking. I was entering inside their life and bringing forth my trauma when some of them didn't even have trauma. I introduced them to trauma. I wow. gave them their first trauma. I gave them, I planted a seed of trauma in them when they was pure. They hadn't even entered it. And they told me they was pure. 
They told me they didn't need this. They gave me room to back up, but I need I needed to dump some of this pain off. So, huh, take some of this. Let me give you a little bit of what it would be like if I was healed. And once you get to loving that, now let me drop this pain off you and get on out of here. So the apology was me just going back. Saying, oh, I know what I gave you because I was in this stage of my trauma when I was with you. And now I'm looking at you in your life. I see the reflection of something I gave you that wasn't even you. Because most of them women I had sex with. And you know, once you get that soul tie, that uncommitted fake sex that you be having, that you be saying all those fake words as men we say when we're going through trauma. We're saying things that we mean. See, that's the difference with a lot of men. You're saying things that you mean, but you don't mean it for that woman. Mm. So you practice. You're giving some codes right now because I know that there are women listening to you saying, yup, they can identify which man that was in their experience. And one of the things I admire about you is how you take ownership. You don't shy away from your journey because you've already invested in making things right, making things right with the people you've interacted with, making things right in your community. So I just love that. So help help me understand and help my listeners understand what switched where you got the courage to say, not only am I going to acknowledge what I did to women, I want to be a part of the solution and I want to become medicine to every woman that I encounter from this moment forward. Um, I walked in an empty house. My wife left me. Ouch. I walked into an empty house. Uh, she left me. And I realized within that moment, see, I under—I got a standing in my book that's coming out in the first chapter. It starts off with, I knew the love of my life was going to leave me when I asked her to marry me. Mm. Because I knew I wasn't here and I didn't even know who I was. Within her, I was trying to find out who I was by trying to become everything she said she told me she needed to be. I needed my husband to be financially stable. I need my husband this, blah, blah. I took the notes down. Let me become him mm. instead of becoming me. Deep. So when I walked in that empty house, I was still somebody else for all along. Mm. I had became the man that she, I thought she wanted, but she been, she was healing the whole time. So when she found her healing, that man that I became, she didn't want and I didn't know who I was to show her who the real me was to see if she wanted him. But I didn't know once I find the real me what I want her. Mm. So what you're touching on is something I've talked about on the podcast, which is trauma bonds. You know, people come into relationships with a hero complex, but when nobody needs to be rescued, then what's left? Right? And so it's it's it takes a lot. And that's another, that's another problem. We use the word rescue. Mm-hmm. Who will we rescue? Right. Who will we rescue? Because knowledge is affinity and healing is affinity and you heal every day, you grow. We're more attracted. People don't realize to separate lust from energy. You can be attracted to the energy without sexually or physically lusting for somebody. But because we don't realize that it's some energy that we need, 
and we don't know how to separate attraction and lust from that energy that, hey, this energy is giving me what I need today to make it through this day. This is why I go to the same store to see the same man or the same woman. But because society has told me having that energy and I don't know who I am to understand the feelings I am, I feel like I'm doing something wrong and I'm cheating. But you're not cheating. You're attracted to that energy because that energy aligns with your purpose. And once you find your purpose, you'll understand energy. Once you understand energy, you'll realize most of the men you came to, you was attracted to that energy because your trauma was attracted to that energy. Yeah, you can take something from every experience you have and let it serve you if you put it in perspective. You know, I feel like all energy is, is information. It's neutral until we organize it and file it. But a lot of women, once they, you know, you said something profound when you said you introduced women to trauma, um, which is a very bold statement. Once we as women experience that from a man that we love and trust, all of our defense mechanisms activate, right? Like all the triggers get rooted. And then here comes a brother who does not want to do any harm. But how do people really get out of the pain to be able to experience the remedy, the joy, the pleasure? You know, it's hard to reopen when you got that deep suit seated pain he has to have an understanding by listening to you of what you just went through a lot of brothers um, a lot of good brothers have empathy and patience and understanding and they have that ear to hear and if they if they heal themselves and if he has to be healed in order to do this he understand the trauma he caused as a man in that certain way and he'll see it takes some time for her to get through this. Let me be patient. Mm. Not, ooh, I'm not him. Uh, why you keep trying to judge me by your past? And most men take you by your words. So if you say, hey, I don't want this, but you're going through your healing process mm-hmm. and your trauma is still attracting you to that energy, and you sometimes he finds you trying to make him become that. And if he's not here, he'll become it. And you'll find yourself in the same situation. But if he heals, he'll recognize and say, hey, love, I'm not him. Mm-hmm. Come here. Let me hold you. Mm-hmm. And let you get it out. He yeah. has to be able to pull you in and hold you, not talk you out of it, because everything is not a talking me out of it. Right. It's a secure me. Pull me in close. Let me feel your heartbeat. Tell me in my ear who I am. Remind me that you're not him. He didn't do this. And men got to have become, but you have to be comfortable within yourself to be able to do that with a woman, to be able to talk to a woman when she, you can tell she keep bringing up this certain guy. She's not over him, mm-hmm. but you got a certain love for her. And you see, she got that certain love for you. So you talk her through it. Yeah. Let's talk about him. What did he do? Let's get this out. How did he affect you? What is your accountability in? How do we move forward? I got a step I call man in the mirror. When you wake up every morning for 60 days, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I introduced you to him, to her. I'm sorry that I let you let that guard down. But it was okay to let that guard down because he gave you this lesson. Mm-hmm. You have to forgive yourself and say, it's okay. 
You let your guard down. Somebody got in and dropped off some trauma. Now let's give it back to the universe. And it's okay for every third, maybe you thought you was healed, but you saw something that reminds you of him and her, and it bring back a good memory. It's okay to have that good memory from the trauma, but it's not okay to live it. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Say that we again. We find ourselves having that good memory, Ooh. thinking about that good ping ping and that good pong pong. <laughs> and we find ourselves, oh my God, Ooh, just one more time. But it's within that memory that we remind ourselves of the standard of love we do desire. See, each person that brung trauma also brung a standard of love we do desire. Mm-hmm. And it's within that standard of love of finding the standard of love. If you don't love yourself, that's how you set the standard of love you're receiving. You'll find that man that's comfortable because he doesn't see you set the standard of love. See, once you set your standard of love, how you love yourself, the bar is set too high. You won't need no walls because your standards are your walls. He doesn't meet this. I already take myself out. I already go to five-star restaurants. I already take myself on Jamaica, to Jamaica. But mentally, spiritually, emotionally, how can he connect with me? Are you here for a season? Are you here for forever or are you just passing by? That's the energy we have to recognize in the men because every man is not going to be committed to us to heal us. Mm. Oh, my. (laughs) So rich. So you're the kind of man that is not intimidated by a woman's wounds. Like you're not intimidated. You put in enough work to understand how to navigate um, where she's still hurting and healing. Give some advice and some wisdom to the woman who is not used to meeting that kind of man, who is used to only encountering with people who make her feel like something's wrong with her and she's not enough. So right now, I actually, most of my energy sessions are women trying to find out how to give their trauma in their relationship to their man, to a man who's been begging them, please, baby, please be vulnerable. But I don't feel safe with him to be vulnerable. So we uh, vulnerable. So we have energy sessions. And within their energy sessions, I take them to the place of that trauma. And I, I physically become that person. Mm-hmm. I physically become that person. And I say, say what you would want to say to him. You might physically can't say that to the person you're in a relationship, but you need to find somebody, a sister, somebody in your family, friendship that you're close with, that you can trust, that you feel that energy bond with, where you can sit in that place and they represent standing the gap of who you holding that trauma for and you let it go. You have to speak the trauma. Jack touched me when I was 14. That makes me uncomfortable and sick. You have to be able to tell your man that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell your man that if you don't feel safe with being vulnerable, that he's not going to judge you. Because we all know people take our past and weaponize it within the relationship to get what they mm-hmm. want. Yes, they do. So for a woman to be comfortable with a black man, she first has to see him comfortable. Mm-hmm. He has to make her comfortable by being vulnerable with his trauma. He has to be vulnerable. It's never going to be on the woman to come to the table and say, here's my trauma. The black man has to, because the statue of what society has made the black man to not be vulnerable. He's not vulnerable. He's not responsible. 
He's built for prison. He's built for the street. And he depends on the black woman to save him. So she has no way of seeing a vulnerable black man because society doesn't place that in front of her. And mostly all the men in her family played the tough role. I'm the provider. I I don't do the motion. Yeah, baby, I love you. Daddy brought everything or daddy wasn't there. Daddy wasn't vulnerable to baby girl. He was emotional, baby girl. I love you. Come here, your daddy's girl. That baby daddy is stressed out. He don't know how he's going to pay these bills. I've been crying for three days. They didn't see that. So the man has to become that in front of them for them to feel vulnerable. I say that to everyone. A lot of women be looking at me like, what do you mean? Yeah, I, if I cry in front of you, that's me being vulnerable. I don't need you to say, baby, stop crying. It's going to be okay. I need you to understand that he's going through. Let's be vulnerable together. Sit beside me and cry. We might not have to say nothing for 30 minutes, two hours. We just both release. Yeah. Those are the moments to create the safe boundary for them to say, hey, I can go to him with this. Pray together. You have to pray together. You have to sit in your secret place together as a unit and realize he gets on his knees. He talks. He understands. He seeks God. She has to see that. He has to be the reflection of safety, security, and vulnerability for her to come dump her trauma. Because she's shielding her trauma because she's trying to protect his ego. Woo! Ooh, that was that was rich. She's not comfortable because when he comes off of work, he's talking about how stressed out he is. Because most men who are not healed, soon they crack the front door, they dump their trauma on her lap, along with the kids, along with the household, and waiting for her to deal with. I need you to baby me for the rest of the night so I can go back to work and deal with being less of a man Mm. right now because I don't want to deal with my trauma. And I don't have no time to deal with your trauma. So she's constantly, if she's been in these bad relationships where she's been taking care of everybody, she's constantly downplaying her trauma because she's trying to support his ego. Everything's fine, and you're you're the man of the house. I know rent is past due. I know the lights is about to be kicked off. But I'm going to make you feel like the man of the house, but I'm going through over it. This reminds me of what my daddy did to my mom. My mama had to work three or four jobs to take care of the bills. And you're bringing back a whole bunch of triggers. But I can't say to you that, say to you right now, because that'll tear you off because you haven't dealt with the trauma of not being able to provide. You know, as I'm listening to you, what I'm feeling in my body is relief. Because I feel like we need to hear men talk like this more and and tell the truth about what is happening in these experiences. So it's nourishing to hear you say it's on the brothers to own how they're showing up. And I, you know, through my work, I stay on top of the women. I'm like, listen, you need to heal everything. Um, so let's talk to the people who are in a covenant they're married or they're in a covenant relationship, but they're dissatisfied. They created the relationship in their wounds. And, but now they recognize that they're healing, they're growing and they're not ready to step away from the relationship, but they want to evolve it. They want to rebirth it. Right. But there's some work that has to be done. Where do they start? How does the woman 
number one, ask for what she needs. <laughs> and what does she do based on the response that she gets from her man? One, if if this is a relationship, this is a covenant. What she needs is what they need. What he needs is what they need. Both of them need what they need. Self and self healing is what the relationship needs to last. Because if you're not who you're supposed to be, we can't be who we're supposed to be. And this thing of the man, a lot of women and the man, just as the son is the head of the solar system, the black man is the head of the family. He shines his light on his earth, the black woman. He mm-hmm. rotates around her without his light shining around her and the rotation of her brings forth no stars, no moon to be seen around the whole world. The stars and the moon are the black child, black girl, black black boy. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Understanding is divine comprehension of the mind that allows us to see things as they are and not as they appear to be. So he has an understanding of who his woman is. He knows and he makes himself available for her to come. This is what I need. But now that they're healing, they're finding out who they are. Mm-hmm. Who I married wasn't who I who I thought I was married. Who I am is not who you thought you was married. Mm-hmm. Now we got to find out what is our line of language and how does it fit. Okay, I don't want to get rid of the marriage because I love who I am becoming. I love who you become. But how do we become one? We understand our love language. We sit down. I tell I tell couples all the time when I be life coaching couples and the energy coaching, I tell them, sit down, take a sheet of paper. Right on one side, 20 flaws. Right on the other side, 20 things you love about. Now that you're healing, you have to understand how their love language fits within your love language. If you need somebody to talk to you, and now that he's healed, he's not a talker, he's a listener. That don't match. Mm. If you want to work on the marriage, you need to figure out what part of his love language fits what I need within my love language for me to feel whole for him. Because sometimes when you heal separately and you figure out who you are, you re- your love languages don't match. And you're trying to force something off of memory. Mm. I remember when we first fell in love. I don't want to let this go. We've been married 25 years. But for for 24 of those years, you were somebody else. Mm. Now, within the 25th year, both of you became who you are in your purpose. And in my purpose, do you evolve in my purpose or were you a part of bringing me to my purpose? It's okay to say goodbye. It's okay to get rid of a covenant just to have the friendship. It's okay to realize that this person was beside me for 35 years for both of us to find out our purpose and who we are. But together, what I need as a partner in marriage and commitment and in a covenant and in love, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, we don't match. But we're great friends. So maybe we should separate. But a lot of people think, oh, I got to hold on to the marriage because we heal, he heal, but do your love... Have you I sat down and say, the way you love now that you heal, do I get any comfort from you? Because mm. I, I used to love you in my trauma because we both was in trauma. So yep. we loved the drama. The sex doing the drama was great. That angry sex. But now that we heal, how is the heal sex? Do you still speak to my soul 
now that you hear. Do you still when you when we together, do we still get that energy? Because now the energy is not toxic. Mm-hmm. It's pure. We're in our purpose. Does that purpose energy match? It might not match. And people find it hard to letting go because now I'm I gotta give myself some more trauma. Because mm. they only know how to function in pain. You on, you only know how to function in pain and survival mode. Yeah. I literally sometimes have to say to my clients, like, do you realize you're addicted to pain? Like every time I'm trying to offer you peace, every time I'm trying to give you a way to shift out of it, you're holding on to it. And it reminds me of something that my Baba would always say, my spiritual father, he would say, you can't walk in a room and point out a relationship. You're just going to be able to point out the two individuals and how they relate to each other. So too often we're trying to rush into what to do with the relationship, what to do with the marriage, when you haven't figured out what to do with yourself. Because I've been uncomfortable so long. I'm uncomfortable with being comfortable. Ooh. I'm uncomfortable with being healed. Yeah. I need drama. I need pain because being healed gives me nothing to stress about. I miss wow. being I miss being stressed out. I miss him cheating. Wow. Because it made me gave me something to say on Facebook that I'm fighting for. Hmm. And I just realized in this season while I'm healing, the energy is telling me I can't have a man right now. Mm. So because the energy and my ancestors and everybody's telling me that I can't have no man right now, I, I want the drama. Mm. And so I go seek the drama. And that's why my healing keeps getting stalled. Wow. Some people are uncomfortable with being comfortable. My finances are great. My life is great. But I swear I need a man. I swear I need a woman in my life right now. And then everything's telling you, yes, you're here, but you're not still in the right season for the right woman. And we don't like to wait. Some of us don't like to be patient and wait for the right woman to come. They done flipped the Bible verse a thousand times. A man that find a wife. No, a healed person finds everything. Because mm. You know what you need and you know the standard of love you want and you know what your soulmate looks like, speaks like. When you hear that laugh, your soul trim. Because you know that's my forever. It's, and then you can't find that in you can't find that in thirty days, sixty days, forty days. Because we heal in affinity. You learn something new every day. Knowledge is affinity. You learn something new about yourself. So if you're healing day by day, that means you're growing day by day together. Don't I hate people to come in a relationship and say, well, in two years, I want to be married. In two years, you might get healed and find out you need two more years to heal. Mm-hmm. You're dictating, and now you done put more stress on both of y'all trying to dictate how quick you're going to heal and how quick, because now you already, by now you already told each other what you wanted in a husband, mm-hmm. what you wanted in a wife. And then you put a cap on it. I want this by two years. But are you ready for it? Are yeah. you ready for a man to pay all your bills? Mentally, emotionally, are you ready for all that? Are you ready for a man to wait on you hand and foot after you've been working all your life? Mm. <laughs> after you've been paying the bills all your life, are you ready for a man to say, no, you can't work? No, I'm going to pay all the bills, but this is what I want. Mm. 
Mm. Are you ready for the stuff that comes with those situations? You got to watch what you're asking for, what you're praying for, and what you're trying. Because a lot of people try to heal themselves into what they want. Mm. I'm healed. I'm healed, girl. And I can take on that, man. What you know about him? I mean, he he got this, he got that. That's what I said I wanted in a man. But is that what your purpose needed? Are you in line with your purpose? Because what we want is not what our purpose gave us. Mm. I, I could want, I could want a woman with a million dollars, but if my purpose want me to stay in low income, that's where I'm gonna have to be because that's my destiny. So, what's the difference from your perspective between purpose and destiny? Because I don't think people always qualify their desires. Sometimes they assume that just because I want it, it must be the right thing to desire. But your desires can be misleading and misaligned, especially if it's coming from your trauma brain. Your purpose is not your field of work. Your purpose is not what makes you feel good. Your purpose is going to make you feel uncomfortable. Your purpose is going to give you the most pain. But your purpose is going to give you the most satisfaction. And that satisfaction is coming when somebody comes and tells you, because you went through this, I know I can make it because I heard your story. That's your purpose. Your purpose is the impact that you leave on individuals that come in contact with you. And a lot of people get our desires, our passion, and our want confused with our purpose. Your mm. purpose is not where you go work. Your purpose is not the nonprofit that you put in the community. Your purpose is the impact you leave on individuals. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Those are the, that's your purpose. That's where you see your greatest legacy. When somebody when you die and they say, What do you think of so and so? They mm. don't say, Oh, they had the best job. I missed that job. They say, Man, he did this for me. Mm-hmm. I remember he was going through so-and-so and I went down in there. I was talking to him every day and he was just telling me he was going to get out of this. And then 10 years later, he got out of that. And then, so that made me go, that's your purpose. That's the legacy you leave within. When you start confusing your desires of, Hey, I'm here. And my purpose has me over here. And I feel like, because this man is over here, I want him over here. And I think that's a part of my purpose. <laughs> That's when you start mixing desires and your purpose and you start losing your purpose. Yeah. You wonder why your business not taking off. You wonder why you, you're stuck in the stagnation of your job and the relationship not going because you done pulled somebody into your purpose. You desired and they weren't supposed to be there. Mm. And we have because. to watch that because we start taking on desires that are not ours. Yes. And I was just listening to Reverend Ike talk about this yesterday. And he was saying, when you're in your God power, that doesn't automatically mean you manifest what's best for you. God will allow you to manifest whatever you want to manifest in that power, you know? And so we have to be mindful. We have to be checking in and we have to be not only clearing things, but clarifying what it is that's really happening in our lives because we are responsible for the outcomes. What are your intentions? Take a sheet of paper out and say, in my man, I want this. Once you look at that list of why you want this, ask yourself, do I give myself this already? Yeah, that's my mantra. I Sometimes you before. ask for things you don't even give yourself. And if you give yourself it already, then why do you want it in this man? Mm. 
So, shouldn't so what would person be you fall in love with, Shouldn't uh, the person you fall in love with be the opposite of what you'd already give yourself? Shouldn't he pull you in? Shouldn't she pull you mm. in with something that you've never seen before that makes you comfortable? that makes you want to be vulnerable, that makes you want to drop your God, that makes you want to see the God power within them. That's what you should be looking for. You shouldn't be looking for the man that's just going, every man every man that said he's a good man and who, oh, and I can come in, he can come in just like me and can get you to that point of healing. That doesn't mean that he's the man you're supposed to stay with. Yeah, there's a difference it, between connection and compatibility. Definitely, definitely a big difference. A lot of us get it confused because, oh, he was there when I was vulnerable. He didn't run. He didn't weaponize it. He didn't hurt me. He was nice. He cared for me. And then y'all get in a relationship and he become everything that you just poured into him. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's good. I want everybody to just take a deep breath and I want my listeners to um, put yourself in receiving mode because I'm going to take this conversation even deeper. And because I know my friend, I know his vibration. So I want you to open your legs if you can, if you're settled while you're listening and just breathe. So I feel like some of you, even as you're listening right now, you're healing, you're hearing things that you were talking to God about and you were looking for an answer as to why you were feeling the way you're feeling and functioning the way you're functioning and what is the root of this pattern that you've seen in your love life. But I promise you, love is easy. It's fear that's hard. If you Mm -hmm. get clear, if you get clear on who you are, that is the majority of the work. (laughs) And so I just want y'all to breathe. So, okay, so we've talked about what happens at the emotional and psychological levels. You even touched on what happens in our cultural and social programming around this. So now let's talk about the body because I know that you're an energy healer and through our friendship, I've seen you and experienced you in your gift of moving energy out of the body, right? So um, what happens when a woman has trauma stuck in her body? Maybe her head has moved forward, but her body hasn't. Um, But she's trying to be intimate. She's trying to receive some divine masculine power. What are some things she can do and some things that men can do to create the intimacy and and the love exchange at that physiological level? How do we make love? So I'm going to speak on this from couple's point of view only because I I don't encourage anybody to be changing that type of energy with a random person. So I say you at least should be a couple within a it year. Should be a yeah, it should be a covenant within a year, at least a year of building and understanding, truly honesty building. So let's, let's start that off with honesty. Number one rule, it has to be honesty and you have to be comfortable with honesty. You have to be comfortable I I can go ahead and be me. Be you. Okay. So you have to be comfortable with telling a man how you want to make love. If that's what you want to do. If that's what you want to do. Some people have trauma where trauma has came in and made the way you like sex feel dirty because of trauma. Mm -hmm. 
You feel perverted, it, dirty, it and feels guilty. perverted. Mm-hmm. It feels why am I liking this? Because this is how I felt when it happened to me, and that's psycho psychologically stops us from connecting. Mm-hmm. So if you have a man that knows how to handle energy and move energy and can feel the trauma in your body, then he would take you in his hand and gently ask you and tell you, teach me. Teach me how you want me to touch your body where you feel safe, where he teaches you and shows you and you work. And it's not an overnight experience. The second time you do it, it still might feel uncomfortable but he's okay with it. He's going to that trauma with you and showing you this. If this is what you like, let me take the dirt off of it. But we have to be honest about it. And you have to be willing to be healed. I always tell people who are trying to come to my energy sessions, they're trying to move energy. This is something that you couple with talking to a therapist, a priest, or whatever source you need to also help you manifest these old feelings that's coming up. Because sometimes these old feelings manifest and that man just gives you that vulnerability within sex. But mentally, when you leave the bedroom, you don't bring up some feelings that you also need to process. So it needs to be room. But you have to be honest. If he grabbing you by your hair reminds you of a trauma and it's not a good trauma, you have to tell him. Mm -hmm. You can't flip out on him and say, what are you doing? Because that might be something within his sexual aspect that he likes to do. Mm-hmm. So in the, unless you teach him how to rightfully love you, not love you the way he wants to love you, love you that makes you feel comfortable within your trauma, that the trauma mm-hmm. style will get replaced with trauma and gets replaced with his love. I used to hate being touched here, but when you touch me right here, it speaks to me in a different way. Mm-hmm. Because the sexual moment becomes, when it comes to dealing with the pure and honest energy, you're talking. Yeah. You're safe with me, baby. I love you, baby. Come here. Let me kiss it. Let me kiss it right here. Is this where he touched you? Well, I'm going to love you right here. You're my queen. And when you get into that deep energy, you start saying things that you know nothing about because your souls are speaking to each other. Mm-hmm. It then became beyond sex. It's became beyond making love. It's the changing of energy, healing energy. I'm speaking to the chakras within your body. This is why you're overwet. This is why you're reaching levels of orgasms that you never reach because you're becoming vulnerable within your trauma. You're letting go of the trauma. Now you're, te- you're taking my hand and telling me to grab your hair because you done took the trauma out and you done made an owl moment. This is my owl moment. This is our God power meeting each other, the queen meeting the king within the passion of the soul and the spirit that we're climaxing together. and We're calling out each other's true name. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking my true divine name because we're connecting, we're healing, and this is real. But you have to be honest. Honesty is the only thing within an energy moment like that that is real. If it's uncomfortable, stop. This is uncomfortable. Let's address it. Uh-huh. Why was that uncomfortable within that moment? This is how she heals. This is how she lets the trauma down. And he has to let the trauma down. Because at the same time, it's, we have to be honest, men were molested too. Uh-huh. So men have trauma of molestation, might have some sexual trauma that why they was doing sex that it became perverted. It ain't always molestation. He might have watched a lot of pornography and he thinks having sex, how they have sex on porn is how you connect 
with the pure energy, and that's my that's definitely not it. Yeah, yeah, it's just definitely not it. And so you you have to heal together, though. But I recommend that for couples because you're growing. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be vulnerable you're with your boyfriend and invest in that much energy because that's a lot of honest energy into somebody that's just your boyfriend. They later mm-hmm. on can leave and weaponize what you just gave him of your trauma mm-hmm. and double time your trauma again. That's what mostly happens. You find a person that y'all get to that point where y'all understanding each other, you be vulnerable and he hits a brick wall. Now he don't want to be vulnerable no more. So you just shared a trauma that and his ego made him feel like, what? And that's a lot of things. Ego gets involved with men. That's the biggest problem with men that our ego, and I admit, and with my apology, I talked about my ego. And mm-hmm. our ego, your woman can come tell you, yeah, I had sex with three dudes. And if ego was in the way and he hasn't here, all he heard was you had sex with three dudes. <laughs> That's all he heard. But you actually said I was gang raped. Mm-hmm. But because he's not here and he's got ego in the ball, all he heard was you you I had she had sex with three dudes. Yeah. That guy can't help you. All his him. triggers are firing off. Am I gonna be enough for her? <laughs> Yeah. Am I gonna be enough? She already had sex with three dudes. What if the boys find out? He didn't hear nothing about the rape because ego was in the way. Mm. He's only with you to boost his ego. You're another notch in the belt. Ouch. Uh-uh. That's real. And that's the honesty we have to say. Hey, I was with a dude and I was just a notch. A lot mm. of us don't want to say that. Hey, I was with a girl and I was just a notch on her belt. She only got with me because I used to hang with her homeboy, and he told her about me, and boom, boom, boom. That's the only reason she got with me. I was just a notch. Wow. How do you deal with that trauma? You have to be honest about it. I was just a notch. There was no love there. He did not love me. He did not care. He came here designed to hurt me. I need to let him go. There's nothing you can, it's a lot of trauma. There's nothing you can do nothing about. No man can hear you from it. You can't heal if you're not telling the truth. You gotta be honest. And you have to be honest. This, I was holding on. I was mad at Tyrone this long, but actually, I really didn't like Tyrone. I made this trauma up about Tyrone. I never liked Tyrone. I knew he wasn't no good. I was going to break up with him. I'm mad because he broke up with me first. (laughs) <laughs> I'm mad because he cheated on me and had a baby with the girl upstairs. But I, I never saw no future with him. But because he had that baby, I took that and took and made years of trauma. Mm. What? That's the one thing we have to be honest. What is really trauma and what is really a tool we're using just so we can use it for people to feel, oh, dang, Tyrone did that to you? Yeah, because you feel like now you can only get the love through your pain story. So let me go ahead and be the fault, And we, as a community, that's our thing. Listen, I'm so we over milk it. the pain story. <laughs> we want people to hand us everything because look at what we've been through. It ain't going really hand us everything. Is I get a pass because I went through something. We mm-hmm. all go through something, didn't we? But your past come from I healed through something. Yeah. I woke up this morning, realized he didn't love me, but I knew 
around the corner. It was a love that's waiting to hug me, to love me forever. A love that's waiting to speak to my soul, my heart, my mind, my body. A soul that when he says, good morning, beautiful, I have orgasm. You only can reach that when you're honest with yourself and say, this is not for me. This 21-year relationship where we've been going through the same thing over and over, this is not for me. And I can't hold on to the failure of that. Because if I hold on to the failure of that 21 relationship, I'm going to miss what's for me. You have to be honest with yourself and say, Keisha hurt me. I was in a relationship with Keisha and I thought she was the one and she hurt me. And because Keisha hurt me, every girl after her, I made them pay for what I wanted to do to Keisha. That's what my apology was about because I knew I was taking women through trauma based off of other women, based off of my selfish ego, and based off because I just wanted to hurt them. Some dudes want to hurt you because of what some other women do to them. Oh, yeah. she's just like her. She's just like her. She's a good woman. I'm about to take her through. They yeah. tell their homeboys, boy, I'm about to pimp her. Mm-hmm. Because he ain't grew up and he's still crying and he's still hurt. Or oh, his mama wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. So now that my mama didn't love me, I don't trust that you love me. You, you want to heal with me? Heal for what? There's nothing wrong with me. You just mm-hmm. like my mama. You gonna leave. Some men have to heal and realize, hey, I'm wrong. I said that apology because I wanted to apologize to every black woman that entered my life, that came around my life, that was I affected. Because you realize if I hurt somebody's daughter, she had to go crying to her mama. And that trauma passed over to her mama because her daughter got hurt. Mm-hmm. And she shared that with another woman in the house. And another woman carried that hurt because they knew what she went through. So I yep. kept on passing generational curses taking the whole family back through it. So I apologize to every black woman saying, I'm sorry that you had to carry this burden since slavery. That you had to be the face of the black family since Jim Crow. That you had to be the face of the superwoman in this new generation that you got to be the strong black CEO woman just to to say, hey, I'm here. The fact that we got a, a black girl magic quote and I apologize to every black man that I ever hurt across my way by giving him bad advice. Brushy, brushy ain't no good. But play them like they play us. Don't let the game play you. I sent you on a mission to hurt people, and you end up getting hurt in the same way. Because the same way I hurt them, I hurt myself. Yeah. I missed something that she could have gave me because yeah. I wanted to hurt her. She could have been the key that already had me in my purpose, but because I desired to hurt her, it took me 20 years to find out who I was when it could have took me five if I would have just gave her a chance to be her. But sometimes you just need to be with somebody within their trauma to see your trauma. Yeah. I always say that your lover is your master teacher. It's their job to show you where you're still wounded. It's your job to heal. Okay, so what... One of the things that my listeners may not know about you is how incredible you are with prayer. (laughs) And I really love hearing you pray. And so if there's somebody listening who's taken in all this information, but the reality for them is they have lost their faith and optimism. 
and love being easy and that they can trust someone again. I would love for them to hear you pray for them around that. Mm-hmm. You know I love to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Peace, love, and light universe guide us. Guide us with your love, understanding, and peace as we come today to pray. Mm-hmm. Giving honor to God and who you are and who you are in land and earth and spiritual realm. We thank you for being here today, giving us this time to uplift, to come together. We ask you right now to speak to the soul, speak to the heart, speak to the mind, and open up that heart of honesty, God. Let them connect right now, God, within themselves with the desire of love that they need to give their self to heal God. We know self-healing is the first step to have a generational relationship with your soul lover, God. So we ask you right now, God, to guide them to that self-healing, guide them to that honesty, guide them to looking in the mirror and forgiving themselves and forgiving those that gave them the trauma, but being vulnerable enough for someone to love them through the trauma, to love them to heal, to love them intimately, God. Lead them to that soulmate that speaks to that trauma that when they have sex, that is no longer trauma, God. That is love. That mm-hmm. that touch reminds them of who, what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to be, pure. That innocence that was taken, the periodicity that was taken out of that sexual experience, Lord, bring it back. Mm-hmm. Bring it back to who it was, defining who they are, letting them know it's okay. It's it's okay to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, but being comfortable within yourself to be vulnerable for healing. Let them hear from you. Let their steps be guided to you. Let them know that finding the right one is not what you built them for, but being the right one in the right moment leads them to the right one. We thank you for their purpose. We thank you for their understanding from the head to the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. They walk in their purpose because you built them on purpose. Handcrafted every curve, every laugh, every voice under my voice. We thank you for them being here today on purpose to hear this message because it was designed for them. Let them be open to healing. Let them find the right energy. That is my heart's desire that they find the right energy, that the energy be centered, that they have an experience in love that they never had before, a soul-shaking experience of love, that when you see the person, you know that's my soulmate. You know that's the person that speaks to my heart, and that's the person that makes my soul jump, and that's my forever. We thank you for this, and we give you the praise, and we thank you for all you're doing in our life. Help mentally, spiritually, financially, the growth. We thank you for keeping us in this COVID world, God, with your natural healing and your natural power because we are the God vessels. And we give you honor and we thank you. Amen. Amen, Ashay. Deep bow, Abraham Forte. My God, you are such a strong vibration and I thank God for you. Like I said at the beginning, you have changed my life. And I know that my listeners are blessed and have received some wisdom that they needed. And every single word that you speak 
is fruitful and multiplies. And so I'm deeply, deeply, deeply grateful that you gave me such an easy and quick yes to being my guest. And I just want to take a moment for my listeners. And I want you to know that it's easy to trust others when you trust yourself. Whatever you need to correct in your self-perception about what you are worthy of and what you deserve, I pray that this conversation activated that for you, that clarity that you needed, that missing piece of the puzzle. So namaste, the God in me always enjoys communing with the gods that you are. And I told you all that this particular season was going to be potent and polarizing and powerful. And so I hope you are feeling the vibration the way I am. Honestly, I'm just lingering in Abraham's energy at this point because I just feel like I'm at the altar and and the, the spirit is moving. So I just, I hope it's translating through this podcast and you are feeling the medicine that he brought. Because healing starts with a decision. You can leave this conversation deciding that you will have what you desire because you have become what you want. So we love you and thank you for tuning in. I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. Peace.